On today's episode, I'll be debuting a new Central Division preview segment, and I'll be starting with none other than the St. Louis Blues, and also discuss the update that we got regarding Blackhawks icon Patrick Kane. All that and plenty more right here on Locked On Blackhawks. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everyone? Welcome on in to another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Today is Friday, July 14th. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. As always, check me out on Twitter at Jack Bushman2, or you could also go and follow my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And real quick, just a reminder to make sure to go and subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't done so already. I know well over 50% of the viewers on YouTube aren't subscribed to the channel at this point. What are you doing? Do me a huge favor. It'll only take two seconds and it won't cost you anything. Go and smash that subscribe button for me real quick. It'll help me out tremendously. And also that way you can get the latest episode as soon as it becomes available each and every day. I also got to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make sure to go and download the FanDuel app right now because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. All right, good afternoon, everyone. As always, thank you all for joining me on another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, your one-stop shop for all things Chicago Blackhawks. Thank you all for making the show your very first listen here to start off your day. Happy Friday to everyone out there, or for those of you who may be tuning in on Saturday or Sunday, I hope the weekend is treating you all very well thus far. To open things up on the show here today, let's not waste any more time. I'm sure most of you know already, based on uh, the title of today's episode and also by my little intro that I had, but I'm going to be debuting a new segment here on Lockdown Blackhawks. It's going to be running these next couple of weeks as I'll be uh, starting to take a look at all of the other teams in the Central Division. We'll be talking about their outlook for the upcoming season, the moves they've made in the offseason, uh, their selections in the 2023 NHL draft, and just kind of giving all you listeners out there a better sense of the direction of these franchises and kind of what we can expect from them moving forward. And to start things off today, I thought it would be fitting to go with uh, none other than the St. Louis Blues to be the first team that I will kind of take a deeper look at here on the show. Uh, a rivalry that hasn't been, you know, all that exciting over these last few years. It's actually hard to call this Blackhawks Blues uh, rivalry just that because the Blackhawks really haven't held up their end of the bargain for uh, far too long now. And while I do admittedly uh, hate the St. Louis Blues more than any other NHL team, I definitely agree that life is more fun. Life is better when the Blackhawks and the Blues are playing competitive hockey against one another, when both of those teams are good, when the rivalry is at its peak, it feels like life is more fun. And it just hasn't been the same really since the Blackhawks, you know, have had their struggles uh, over these last few years, as we all know far too well. But starting to get into a look at the St. Louis Blues here, obviously uh, they missed the Stanley Cup playoffs last year. They had a 37-38-1, 37-38-7 record, excuse me, that 
got them 81 points. They wound up finishing sixth in the Central Division. But I, I really do think the St. Louis Blues are such a fascinating team right now. And um, quite honestly, I wouldn't be surprised, despite them kind of underwhelming last year, I actually uh, predicted them to finish second in the Central Division standings during my uh, season preview prior to the start of the season. They most definitely underwhelmed. And because of that, we saw them trade away some of the, you know, old faces of the franchise, if you will, in uh, Ryan O'Reilly and Vladimir Tarasenko. They also dealt Ivan Barbashev to the eventual Stanley Cup champion Vegas Golden Knights. And boy, what a role did he play on that top line with uh, Jack Eichel there, a huge part of Vegas winning the Stanley Cup. But I also wouldn't be surprised to see the St. Louis Blues be much better than they were this past season, despite having to trade away some of those big names. Because when you take a look at this roster, it is still absolutely loaded with talent. And they're kind of just in this weird in-between dynamic where because they underwhelmed last year, I think that's really what resulted in them trading guys like O'Reilly, Tarasenko, and Barbashev. Um, but it felt like if things went right, this still would have been a team that had a chance going into the Stanley Cup playoffs, as much as that pains me to say, uh, because of how deep they are at all these positions. And they do have kind of, uh, uh, I don't want to call it a rebuild, but a little, little bit of a retool going on right now, right? They have Robert Thomas and Jordan Cairo kind of uh, the upcoming new faces of the franchise. They have them signed on to matching eight-year deals to kind of lead the show. And they have a ton of talent around them at the forward group. They have Braden Shen. They still have Brandon Saad, uh, Pavel Buchnevich, and a good deal that they made with the New York Rangers a couple of years ago. They took chances on some players like Jakob Vrana and Kasperi Kapanen. They have Sammy Blay and Jake Neighbors in their bottom six. They brought back Mackenzie McEckern, which I'll be talking about in a little bit. They still have Nathan Walker there too. So it's a pretty solid forward group uh, and a pretty solid top nine for the St. Louis Blues here on paper. And then on defense, they got a lot of big names on the back end as well. Very solid decor in my mind. And Tory Krug, Jordan Falk, Colton Pareko, Nick Letty. They still have Bertuzzo. They still have Marco Scandella. Um, and then, of course, they have Jordan Bennington in net. It looks like they still got to kind of address the backup goaltender position at this point in time, if I saw their cap friendly correctly. But I, I still think it's a very talented roster, and it wouldn't surprise me whatsoever if the St. Louis Blues found themselves back in a position to be in the Stanley Cup playoffs once again this season. As far as the moves we've seen them make here in the offseason, they are a little bit uh, tied up financially, which I'll get into more here in just a moment. So we didn't really see them make any big splashes in the free agent market. They actually signed on a couple of Blackhawks legends, if you will, in Adam Gaudet, Wyatt Kalanuck, and Malcolm Subban. Uh, but other than that, the, the biggest free agent signing was bringing back Oscar Sunquist, which happened just a couple of days ago. And then they uh, re-signed defenseman Scott Perunovich and then Mackenzie McEcker in a forward, as I mentioned earlier. The biggest move that they probably made in the offseason was uh, acquiring Kevin Hayes and his three-year deal from the Philadelphia Flyers, adding another goal-scoring forward there into the mix, just giving them a little bit more depth. Um, so they have a pretty talented roster just looking at that for this upcoming season. And as far as their 
uh, p- prospect pool goes. I believe they were ranked 19th by Scott Wheeler from the athletic at the midway point of last season. So kind of uh, a middle of the pack prospect pool, but they did add three selections in the first round of a very talented 2023 NHL draft at 10th overall, they selected Dalibor Dvorsky, who, I mean, it kind of made me laugh because I personally, if you watch the show out of all the forwards that were kind of projected to go in that top 10, top 15, Dalibor Dvorsky was kind of the one that impressed me the least. So I thought it was kind of funny that the St. Louis blues wound up drafting him, not to say that he can't go on to be a stud. I mean, that very well could happen, but it just found uh, I just found it was a very fitting spot for Dalibor Dvorsky to wind up at number 25, though, the blues did take Otto Stenberg, a forward out of Sweden, who I ranked as the 19th best prospect in this draft. So that was probably my favorite pick of theirs. And then they also added Swedish defenseman Theo Lindstein uh, with the 29th overall selection. So giving their prospect pool a little bit more oomph might bump them up a little bit more, uh, probably getting closer towards the top 10. I'd I'd say if I had to guess, they're probably going to be ranked between 10th and 15th in terms of prospect pools in the entire NHL. But considering they have a very talented roster at this point in time with some help on the way, uh, average prospect pool, if you will, I think the St. Louis blues are in a pretty good spot. The really big issue with this team is all the term and all the contracts that they've given out these last few years. It's put them in a very tough spot financially in this flat cap era that we're still in, in the NHL world because of COVID. It's really tying the blues hands at this point in time. And just taking a look at their cap friendly, uh, there probably isn't another team in the NHL that has more term given out on their current roster than the Blues. I mentioned earlier, matching eight-year deals for Robert Thomas and Jordan Cairo, but they have Braden Shen tied up for five more years at six and a half million. Brandon Saad has three more years at 4.5 million. Pavel Buchnevich, two more years at 5.8. They just traded for Kevin Hayes. He signed on for three more years at 3.5 million. And we haven't even started with the defense here. Jordan Falk and... Uh, Jordan Falk, Justin Falk, excuse me, and Tori Krug both have four more years at $6.5 million. Colton Pareko has seven more years at $6.5 million. Nick Letty has three more years at $4 million. And then of course, Jordan Bennington and that still has four more years at four more at $4 million as well. So all that long-term money tied up, it's, that's also what kind of led to the Blues having to trade Ryan O'Reilly and Vladimir Tarasenko. Where were they going to be able to sign them? And they might as well get something for them rather than letting them walk for nothing in return in free agency. But it's still putting the Blues in a very peculiar spot right now because if they kind of underwhelm in the first half of the season once again, they're going to have to trade a couple of these guys. And quite honestly, regardless someone, one or two people are going to have to go to give them some financial wiggle room. And that's kind of why we've heard rumors surrounding Colton Pareko, who is a defenseman they've loved in St. Louis as someone who went to college in Missouri. I know the love that Blues fans have for Colton Pareko, but because he's got seven more years at 6.5 million, they might have to bite the bullet and trade him. It just seems very apparent that the St. Louis Blues are going to have to find a way to get a couple of these guys off of their books, but they're a very fascinating team. I think to keep an eye on here, these next few seasons, because there's no denying that the talent they have, and they do have uh, some decent players in their prospect pool, but 
It's just about managing a roster that can fit under the modern day salary cap. And that's been giving them issues the last couple of years at this point in time. I think they have $1.5 million of wiggle room. So uh, not a whole lot. And again, if they underwhelm, it's going to be very interesting to see what the St. Louis Blues team winds up doing at the deadline. But I also wouldn't be surprised to see them uh, contend for the Stanley Cup playoffs once again. So as far as my prediction where the St. Louis Blues finish in the standings here, I think they're going to finish fourth, and I think they're going to be a, a playoff caliber team once again. This is a way um, we're, we're far too way too far out from the season to give an accurate prediction here. But quite honestly, I think it's going to come down to Jordan Bennington, as it always does for the St. Louis Blues. But if he's playing really solid, I think the Blues could be a top three team in this Central Division because they have a lot of talent. They have a, a very talented blue line as well. Some guys with size on the back end and with skill. I think it's really going to be Jordan Bennington that kind of make makes or breaks this upcoming season for the St. Louis Blues. All right, there is part one of my Central Division preview here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. Coming up in just a moment, speaking of the St. Louis Blues, I will also get into an update that we got from Scott Powers on the 2023 Tom Curvers Prospect Showcase. But first, I need to talk to you all about bird dogs. And if you're looking for fit, comfort, and versatility, then look no further than bird dogs. And I personally love their stretchy fabric that makes me extra comfortable in their shorts and pants. And they really do give me the freedom that I need to wear them wherever, whether that's on the golf course, or if I'm about to go for a jog, if I'm going to a meeting for work, or even if I'm just hanging around with friends, I really can wear bird dogs everywhere. And personally, I've always kind of hated dressing up and looking nice, but bird dogs give off that nice look and they're extra comfortable at the same time, which is a best of both worlds for me personally. So make sure to go and check out bird dogs, go and visit birddogs.com slash lockdown NHL. And when you enter the promo code lockdown NHL, they'll throw in a free custom bird dogs, Yeti style tumbler with every single order. Again, just use the promo code lockdown NHL in all caps to get a free Yeti-style tumbler with every single order. Bird Dogs, the comfiest shorts and pants in the game. All right, we're back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Real quick, if you haven't done so already, please make sure that you are subscribed to the YouTube channel. I'm really trying to boost up the numbers right now. I recently hit 1,000 subscribers, which... I'm really, really grateful for. I appreciate all the support out there. For those of you who haven't hit that subscribe button, please go and smash it real quick. Only takes a quick click of the button. It won't cost you anything, and it does help me out tremendously. And if you're subscribed to the YouTube channel and following Lockdown Blackhawks on Instagram, you'll have a chance to win some cool free Blackhawk stuff with the giveaway that I'm currently having. Just subscribe to the YouTube channel, follow Lockdown Blackhawks on Instagram, and quickly snap a screenshot that proves you're subscribed to the YouTube channel and DM that to Lockdown Blackhawks on Instagram. I've recently posted some pictures of the Blackhawks stuff that's going to be involved in the giveaway, and uh, the winner will be able to choose one item that they want. So make sure to go do all of that real quick, and you could be the lucky winner of the Blackhawks giveaway on Lockdown Blackhawks. All right, segment two. Speaking of the St. Louis Blues, Scott Powers of The Athletic dropped a piece today and uh, along with some other very notable Blackhawks tidbits that you should all go and check out. And if you're not subscribed to The Athletic, quite honestly, what are you doing? Scott Powers, 
in my mind, is the best in the business. Mark Lazarus, a little bit much on Twitter from time to time, no doubt about it. He's one of the best in the business as well. You should be following The Athletic if you're a a real Blackhawks diehard. But in Scott Powers' piece that he dropped today, he mentioned that the St. Louis Blues, who, of course, that I just broke down in segment one, they are also expected to join the Chicago Blackhawks and the Minnesota Wild in the 2023 Tom Curvers Prospect Showcase, which I think is really exciting news. And for those of you out there who might not be familiar with the Tom Curvers Prospect Showcase, uh, it's something that the Blackhawks and the Wild have been a part of for the last couple of years, just prior to the start of the season. And it's just been a really cool opportunity to go and see um, the future of both of these organizations kind of in action and go up against one another and just kind of give them game-like situations so you can get a little bit better of an understanding of where these prospects are at, what they might need to improve upon in order to be NHL ready, what their strengths and weaknesses are, and all that good jazz. And uh, I've always really enjoyed covering the prospects since I've kind of been the host here of Lockdown Blackhawks. That's why I was a little bit disappointed with the Blackhawks moving their uh, summer development camp to off-ice activities only. It was truly one of my favorite parts of the entire year. One of my favorite things to do as the host of the show was go on down to Fifth Third Arena and cover the prospects in the summer. But with uh, that being only off-ice activities this year, I, I might be making the trek up to Minnesota, which I'll talk about uh, a little bit later. But again, for those of you who don't know, it's uh, a showcase that goes on just prior to the start of the season. The Blackhawks in the wild have been uh, the two teams involved over the last few years. And to the best of my knowledge, it's only been a two-team showcase. There have only been two teams involved throughout the history of this showcase. So adding the St. Louis Blues to that, of course, would make this the first ever uh, three-team Tom Curvers prospect showcase. And when I, uh, I mean, I th- I've thought it's always been fun to kind of get an opportunity to look at the future of the Minnesota Wilds organization and see kind of how their top prospects are looking and all that stuff and adding the blues to the mix, getting an opportunity to see some of their future uh, potential faces of the franchise should make for a really special event as always. Um, At this time, we don't have any dates for the event. Nothing is official, but as I referenced, it does always take place in the fall prior to the start of the season. I just actually Checked on the dates for the 2022 Tom Curvers Prospect Showcase. That was, of course, held at Fifth Third Arena in Chicago. And that took place from uh, Thursday, September 12th, I believe. I have the dates here somewhere in my notes. Yeah, Thursday, September 12th through uh, Sunday, September 15th at Fifth Third Arena in Chicago. So going to be four, five days long at some point, I guess, early to mid-September. Um But this is one thing I do want to mention here as well. They've kind of been uh, doing an every year thing, every other year in terms of uh, which city is going to be hosting the event. I mentioned that Chicago hosted the Minnesota Wilds prospects last year. So Blackhawks prospects and the St. Louis Blues prospects will be heading up to Minnesota for the 2023 Tom Curvers prospect showcase. And I've gotten pretty close with uh, Seth Topal, the host of Lockdown Wild, over these last couple of years here. And yeah, sending it up to Minnesota for this showcase quite honestly might be the move, especially since it could be the first opportunity to get a look at Connor Bedard in a Blackhawks sweater. That's given me a little bit more incentive to make that trip up to Minnesota. Uh, And make sure you're subscribed to the YouTube channel, by the way, because since I've reached 1,000 subscribers, YouTube is paying me now. It's not 
costing you anything, but YouTube is shelling out some money to your boy. So I'm sure that'll uh, help chip in for a nice trip up to Minnesota. Make sure you're subscribed to Lockdown Blackhawks to help send your boy up to Minnesota for the 2023 Tom Curvers Prospect Showcase. All right, coming up in just a moment, don't go anywhere, Blackhawks fans, as I still have to get into some interesting news regarding Patrick Kane's future. But first, I need to talk to you all about FanDuel. Make a home run shot over to FanDuel right now as baseball season is in full swing and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. That's because right now you can get a new sweat. All new customers can get a no sweat first bet up to $2,500. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Place your first bet, and you'll get up to $2,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. And I've been riding hot basically all season long, fading the Kansas City Royals. Came up empty, embarrassingly empty, on Mookie Betts at the Home Run Derby. But we did bounce back the following day by hammering the National League. A fan duel has been making me a lot of money, and you don't want to miss out on your chance to get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500 when you join FanDuel today, just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn in order to sign up. FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. All right, before I wrap things up on the show and let you all go enjoy your weekends, I do want to let you all know about the cool stuff that I have planned for Lockdown Blackhawks these next few weeks. Of course, make sure to subscribe to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube and follow Lockdown Blackhawks on Instagram to take part in the giveaway that I'm having on the channel right now. But as far as videos go, I'll be having uh, a few crossovers coming out in the next couple of weeks, as I mentioned or as I uh, debuted in segment one here on the show today, I'm going to be going through my central division previews. I started with the St. Louis Blues. I think the next one that I'm going to be breaking down is the Nashville Predators. And I'm also going to be uh, coming up real soon here. I'm also going to be having a full projection for Connor Bedard's rookie season in Chicago. So make sure you're subscribed to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube so you don't miss out on any of that good stuff. All right, segment three, before I wrap things up, last but certainly not least on the show here today, not only did we get an update on uh, Jonathan Taze's future recently, which I talked about on the show yesterday, nothing is official at this point, but it sure seems like this could be the end for Captain Sirius and his playing days. But we also got an update on fellow Blackhawks icon yesterday in Patrick Kane, who of course The Blackhawks dealt to the New York Rangers back at the trade deadline for uh, a, why can I think of the word, a second round, a conditional, that's the word, Jack, a conditional second round pick. The Rangers did not make it out of the first round and fell short to the New Jersey Devils, so the Blackhawks did not get that pick upgraded to a first round selection, but for Kaner, uh, after the Rangers were eliminated, he, of course, is now set and is an unrestricted free agent for the first time in his long and storied NHL career. But there's been kind of a hiccup thrown in there throughout the process for Kaner thus far as a free agent, because back on June 1st, he underwent hip surgery. And that was kind of an issue that for us Blackhawks fans, if you've really been in the now, um, then you're, you were aware that Patrick Kane was kind of playing through some lingering issues the last couple of seasons, and then the rumor started to swirl prior to this year's trade deadline that it was a hip problem and he was probably going to need a procedure at some point. He finally pulled the trigger on that 
uh, on June 1st. And that's kind of thrown a wrench in these free agent plans because while Kaner is recovering from hip surgery, news broke yesterday that uh, from Pat Brisson, his agent who represents him and Jonathan Taves, announced that Patrick Kane will not be signing with another team until the 2023-2024 season begins. And it sounds like uh, he might not even be ready to play until November or December. So because of that hip surgery, Patrick Kane, I guess, has uh, prioritized taking care of his body and just getting that hip 100% right. And whenever that time comes, then kind of he will dissect everything and figure out where he wants to wind up playing next season. However, this is a little bit of a risky move for Kaner because um, the flat cap era that the NHL is still in at this point in time, because quite honestly, teams aren't going to be saving up money in hopes that Patrick Kane is going to choose them when the time comes in November or December or whenever that may be. Teams aren't going to be saving up money for that. And quite honestly, there's not a lot of teams at this point right now that have the financial flexibility to go and give Patrick Kane a pretty lucrative offer. So because of that, because of this tight salary cap uh, era, Patrick Kane, whenever he does make that decision, he's probably going to be choosing from far few suitors if he would have been able to go out there on July 1st and make that decision. Now, it's probably a, a pretty generous decision by Patrick Kane because he knows at this point in time he's not going to be ready for the beginning of the season and he doesn't want to, I I think, he doesn't want to mislead any teams or anything. But quite honestly, he's doing himself a little bit of a disservice by that because there aren't going to be as many teams, while everyone would surely love to add a talent like Patrick Kane to their roster at that point in time, there are going to be very few teams that it's actually feasible for. And Patrick Kane's probably going to have to sign a one-year incentive-based deal, a performance-based contract, because there's just not going to be a lot of wiggle room for teams to give him a lot of money. So for Patrick Kane, I get that he's still going to have the opportunity to go to a contender and play meaningful hockey, but he's doing himself a little bit of a disservice in my mind by uh, making this decision because there's just not that many teams out there that can afford to to give him a lucrative contract at this point in time. He's for sure not going to be getting any term as well. Um, to be fair, you know, Kaner doesn't need the money. I'm sure that's not, you know, going to be that big of a factor to him. And I do understand him taking care of his body first and foremost here, but it is absolutely a risky choice, especially coming off of hip surgery, which historically, if you go and look at players in the National Hockey League after they return from hip surgery, like you think of Ryan Kessler, a guy who was really never the same. I mean, there have been a few players who have returned from hip surgery and wound up only playing like 30 or 40 more games in their entire career. Nicholas Backstrom was a player who just returned from hip surgery last year. So there's going to be a lot of question marks surrounding Kane. There's not going to be a lot of suitors and there's just not going to be a lot of money on the table for him wherever he wants to sign uh, this upcoming season. As far as what that next move may be, I know that was kind of the, uh, the title for, uh, the the graphic on today's episode, it's it's really tough to tell at this point in time because A, we're only seeing the salary cap room that teams have at this point in time, which is undoubtedly going to be different come October, November, December, whenever that may be. And also, we're not sure who's going to be a true contender, right? Like we have an idea of what teams are going to be in a mix, but there's always uh, a surprise or two or three in the mix there. And that's what makes 
the National Hockey League so special because you really never do know what's going to happen out there. But as far as some teams that I'm just throwing into the weeds, I do think the Buffalo Sabres are very interesting. And if they have a good first half and they look like they're on the road to compete, I think Patrick Kane does make sense there. And they have more financial wiggle room than a lot of other NHL clubs at this point in time. I do wonder if the Boston Bruins could be interesting. And we saw Patrice Bergeron get a 35 and up contract from them last year. I do think Patrick Kane could get something similar. Uh, The New Jersey Devils, the team that knocked out the New York Rangers and Patrick Kane in the first round of this year's playoffs. Obviously, there's a lot lot of talent there. A lot of intrigue, I'm sure, for Patrick Kane maybe to play with Jack Hughes and that young bunch uh, that's up and coming in the Eastern Conference. New Jersey also has a little bit more financial wiggle room than most contenders. I threw out the Edmonton Oilers because they have some flexibility as well right now, but... I don't know if Kaner being an American guy would want to go and play north of the border in a market like Edmonton, although, you know, playing alongside uh, Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl would, would probably aid in that decision going well for Edmonton. The Colorado Avalanche are a team that some people have thrown out there, but they just don't have a lot of cap space at this point in time. The Tampa Bay Lightning, I've seen some people say, but they don't have any cap space. Same with the Dallas Stars. Um, So it's going to be interesting, and obviously we're not really going to get a better idea until the season actually gets underway, but a very curious decision, a bold move undoubtedly made here by Patrick Kane, electing not to sign with the team until the 2023-2024 season begins. All right, folks, I think that's going to wrap up Friday, July 14th episode of Locked On Blackhawks. As always, thank you all again for tuning into the show, and make sure to go and follow Lockdown Blackhawks for free right now, wherever you may be listening to your podcast, and to go and subscribe to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube. And that way you can get the latest episode as soon as it becomes available each and every day. As always, I'm your host, Jack Bushman. Go and follow me on Twitter at Jack Bushman too. Go and show me some love. And you can also go and follow my strictly Blackhawks account at Talking Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And just as a reminder, apologies for that, the next episode of Lockdown Blackhawks is going to be Mailbag Monday. And on the community section of my YouTube channel, I've already posted uh, the comment where you can go and uh, give me your questions. So make sure to go and do that real quick. Reach out at Jack Bushman too, at capital L, capital O, underscore Blackhawks on Twitter. Lockdown Blackhawks on Instagram. You can email lockdownblackhawks at gmail.com. Reach out with those questions and I'll be sure to answer them on Mailbag Monday. All right. I think that's going to wrap up today's episode. Thank you all again for tuning into the show. Everyone, enjoy your weekend. We'll catch you next time on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.